Well, it's always good to get a local connection onto the OHL podcast. He may not have played OHL in Kitchener or Guelph for that matter, but born and raised in the area and Kyle Sonnenberg now back in the area as a coach, which we'll get to for sure, uh, makes time for the podcast this week. It's great to see you. Thank you very much for making the time. Thanks for having me. Excited, uh, excited to chat a bit. Well, as a local boy, I obviously uh, like having these connections to the community on the show. And I wonder, as you grew up, who stands out to you, Kyle, as, as people that helped you along the way in your hockey development? Um, well, there's a lot. Obviously, you have all your like minor hockey coaches um, coming up. Obviously, your family. That was a big thing for me, helping me along. Um, there's like so many that uh, can't really like name them all, I guess, but they're just like everyone's sort of helping along. I know a big thing with me when uh, like Eric Calder, I'm sure lots of people know him from the area was a big guy for like skills and all that kind of stuff as you're uh, sort of growing up. That wasn't like, I think it's normal now for all this different skill development, all that stuff, but it wasn't like that when I was growing up. So having a guy like that around and then sort of funny later on, he helped me when I went to go play professionally. But uh, so it's just sort of funny how, like when you start off um, working with a guy, you know, I don't even know what it was, eight, nine years old, and then how that relationship just keeps building and uh, um, the connections later on, I guess, I want to get at. But uh, no, it was uh, that's probably the biggest thing. It's funny that you talk about the way the game is today versus when you were that young, because it's true. We see kids getting involved in these skills, having extra coaching all the time now, but you're just retired from the game too. So how did you see it change even while you were playing? Well, I guess as you sort of go along, like when I was in junior, like most, unless you were maybe like a first or second rounder, like most guys were working all summer, you get your workings out at night. There wasn't really time for like skill development like it is now. Now, like as I see it, you know, guys when they're 16, 17, they're all on the ice all the time. They have their trainers in the gym, obviously they're off ice and all that stuff. So just the commitment to it, I guess, um, is a lot different. Um, so that's probably the biggest thing. There's just more more people to help out as well. There's more like facilities. There's more people with the knowledge of the different skill things. And it's not just, you know, teaching kids how to stick handle or this and that. It's very like game specific now. And uh, so it's just the volume, I guess, it just continues to get more and more as you go along. There was another local product, Evan Brophy, who played with you on the Siskins before the O. And then you guys were together that first year in Belleville as well. It's almost like you were having the same career for a little bit. Yeah, no, I haven't, I haven't seen Broke for a while, but we were, yeah, we, we always trained in the summers together. So it was me, him and Little, like Brian Little, I'm sure you don't remember that name. And so, yeah, so we sort of always like worked out together from the time, you know, younger kids and stuff like that. And then, yeah, and it was nice. He got traded from Plymouth, I think it was. And then he came and played with me in Belleville. And no, it was always nice to have that connection where you know a guy and uh, you're comfortable with him. So no, it's always neat how that happens. What was it like for you, Kyle, making that step from playing with the Siskins to playing in Belleville with the Bulls in the OHL? Um, obviously, it's a, it's a fairly big step. I played a couple of games, like, I guess my underage years. So you get start to get a little feel for it. But, uh, like, when I went to Belleville, it was a great – like, we had a great group of guys. It was a very close-knit team. So, like, they made you feel very comfortable. I think that's just the biggest thing. You start building confidence pretty quickly. So it was a fairly easy transition for me. And we didn't have, like, a, a very strong team. So you were getting a lot of playing time. You jumped right into it. So um, that was probably, it made it a lot easier for me and helped out. 
I wondered about that when you say not a very strong team, only 15 wins for that Bulls team, your first yeah. year there. Not not to you know remind you about <laughs> that, but it, that's got to that's got to be a bit of a grind. You must really feel it then, especially as a rookie in the league, going, "What the hell am I getting into here?" It's you know the wins were so few and far between. Yeah, it's funny. Like I know we were like we were last in the league that year. Set Belleville up nicely though for their Mem Cup runs, but. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I honestly, it's like one of those things that I, I had such a good time there. It was such a, like the community was awesome. The group of guys, like I said, was awesome. So I, it's like one of those things when you look back at things, you almost don't remember the wins and losses. It was such a good group. And uh, it was more the off ice stuff that you remember. And uh, so it really didn't feel like we were losing that much to be perfectly honest. Cause you were, you know, everyone was enjoying themselves. You come to the rank. It wasn't like, you know, you're on some teams where you're losing a lot and it's, you know, everyone's down on themselves. We're there. It was a lot different. We're like everyone had a positive attitude all the time. And um, yeah, so it really didn't feel like a last place team, to be honest. When you talk about those off ice things that you remember the most, is that the bonding with your teammates? Was that the community of Belleville and the opportunities you found there? I think both, right? I think the the way it's a little different now, I think, than back then. But uh, like off the ice, the guys are very close, whether it was going out, doing you know, whatever uh, we always like, it was like one of those things like, I was, you have like the bowling nights, you had the movie nights, you had all that stuff in Belleville, the community. It's very, obviously the bulls were a big thing. So everyone sort of knows who you are and you know, the restaurants, they treat you well and all those different little things that make a big difference and make it really feel like you're a part of the community and uh, make it an enjoyable experience. You're making me miss it again. I've, I always <laughs> liked that stop on the calendar. I really did. And I do miss Belleville in the league. Does it make you a little nostalgic thinking, of course, that the Bulls aren't there anymore? Yeah, it's sort of crazy because, like, it was such a good – obviously, it didn't have the massive rank, but we, I felt like we always had good good numbers. The teams were even pretty good right until they left, I believe. They weren't ever too, too bad. So, you know, it's too bad, but obviously with those small market teams, I think that's a big thing. Like, the OHL became a pretty big business, I think through my, like from when I started to when I finished and obviously now. So things just change and uh, it just is what it is, but it's too bad. Like Belleville was really was a great hockey town. It was awesome. Yeah, it really was. And I still hope that maybe someday it finds its way back. Who knows? They've changed the arena. The Yardman is no longer and that Olympic sized ice surface, which I figure was always toughest on the goaltenders for sure. I'm sure the forwards love it because there's a little more space out there. Tell me about life as a defenseman on that ice surface. Uh, I personally liked it. It was, I could get around all right. So it was a good, it was a good scare. The hard part really was when you went to other rinks. Um, I was talking to some other guys, but Peterborough, like for instance, you went to that rink and you had the tight little corners back then. So we played them quite a bit. And that was, you know, it was a big change when you go from the big ice, you're sort of used to having that extra little bit of time. And then you go to those small rinks that really become even smaller when the corners get, you know, they have the, uh, get shortened up. And uh, that was the biggest transition going from game to game. It wasn't the same. Yeah. You would have loved space like that because you could skate well and you had a bit of an offensive style to your game. Where did that come from? When did you decide if you did consciously that I'm going to be more of an offensive defenseman instead of a defensive defenseman, if you will. Oh, I think it sort of happened naturally like early on, like you're, you know, normally like you know when you're younger like lots of guys are playing the OHL are offensive guys and even when I went to OHL I I started off that way but you know I was never like the top offensive guys like we had always had other guys like that so as much as I was like you still had to play like good defense and all that but I think it's just one of those things that progresses and it's sort of funny then I go to when I CIS I was a little more offensive side but then I go to Europe and it's the opposite like most people wouldn't remember 
if they do remember how I played, like over there, it was completely different where you have to really dial in the defensive side. So it's just, just depends on your leagues and all that different kind of stuff, how you have to play to survive, if you will. Well, you know, I, I was just going to say that because that sounds to me very much like a pro mentality where you're going. You recognize that if I'm going to stay here, if I'm going to make a career out of this, if I'm going to please Stan Butler or James Boyd or George Burnett, I'm going to have to do these different things. Yeah, that's exactly what it is, right? Like you hear about all the time and obviously I didn't play like um, like in the NHL or like North America, but the same thing I'm sure lots of guys when they, when you go to Europe, it's like a big, it's a big step for for pretty much everybody, depending on what leagues you come from, obviously. But um, yeah, you just have to make that choice consciously. Like, are you going to think about, I just want to get goals and points and all that kind of stuff? Or do I want to like make a career of it and play for longer than, you know, two, three years if um, all you, all you can do is score. So um, yeah, it's just one of the things you have to make a decision consciously, what you want to do and what you're willing to do to make that happen. You suffered a concussion in your first year in the OHL and we've had so much talk about, head injuries, trying to protect players, et cetera. You were kind of on the beginning of that, that curve, if you will, but what was the experience like for you recovering from an injury like that? Um, yeah. So it's, it's obviously different now. People know a lot more like back then it was, I would say very like old school with how you go about things. There wasn't, you know, I remember people telling me, you know, just sit in a dark room type thing. Um, no lights, don't touch anything and that kind of stuff, which obviously now when you hear about it, it's the opposite. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was like, I remember back then, I don't want to say anything bad, but anyway, um, because I feel like everyone did the best they could, but just wasn't a lot of knowledge behind it. So, you know, probably when I think I was up for half the year, when I really look back, it probably would have been a lot quicker if it was just like managed or treated the right way or not the right way, where it was just had more of a system for what you should do. You know what I mean? Not just, just see how you feel. And then, you know, a lot of times when that happens, you start questioning how you even feel, you know what I mean? You start thinking, Oh, is it, is it worse? And I remember that at the time, like I was always like, do I have a headache or don't I have a headache? Uh, am I dizzy? Or is it just like a natural thing? Anyways, there was just a lot of stuff like that. And you start like almost playing mind games with yourself. And then as it progresses even longer and longer, it just becomes worse and worse. So um, it was good though. They were like, they were good. I remember at the end of the year, they got me in a couple games and then, you know, for the next year, like helped me just, you know, I wasn't thinking about it, I guess. I, I was just going to ask that because it sounds like when you're, you know, wondering about these things, do I have a headache or not? Am I dizzy or this is just something natural? Maybe I stood up too fast. Is it, yeah. is it in the back of your mind for a while when you try to come back from that? Yeah, for sure. Like, especially with the way it happened with me, like it's definitely, you miss so much time. You don't want to miss that much time again. So you're, you know, it took me a long time to probably get past that and be comfortable, you know, just doing things like normal on the ice and uh, laying, I don't want to say not scared, but you're, you're sort of playing like that where you're pr trying to protect yourself, protect your head. And so you don't have to miss all that time again. So it definitely affects you mentally. And just, yeah, it's a, it's, it's, it's a brutal thing to happen really. And, um, you know, lots of guys experience, unfortunately, and it's just one of those things, I guess, in hockey. Yeah, and one of those things in hockey is also uh, being traded. Even in junior, you get traded from Belleville to Brampton. How did you find out about the trade? Um, it was right, I think, around the trade deadline. Um, I think Belleville, we were sort of like they were, it was a rebuilding year. I think George Burnett and he was there at the time. They were moving another direction, and uh, I don't think I was playing that well that year either. So, sort of like a natural, you know, progression to get traded around that time. So, um, 
yeah. And then they just called me in told me I was going to Brampton. It's pretty cut and dry. And uh, off I went. <laughs> what's what's that like at, at that age? I mean, we think about it with pros and everything like that. But, you know, you're, you're a teenager going, I mean, I guess in one sense, you're coming closer to home from Belleville to, to Brampton. But, you know, what, what, are the, what are the emotions you go through when that happens? I think it's all probably always different depends on the situation that you're in at the time. Right. For me, I was, I was starting to not play well. I wasn't playing as much. It was almost, I don't want to say relief, but you could see the positives going somewhere else. Um, then I talked to Stan and like, you know, they give me the chance to play more and all those different kinds of things that, uh, you know, makes it exciting to go. So it, it was, it was tough to leave the guys cause we were so close, but, um, again, when the, the opportunity to play more and uh, all that stuff came up, it, it's just one of those things you have to roll with. And I think hockey players, for the most part, just sort of comes naturally because you hear about it all the time, right? From when you're young, you know, you hear about the NHL trade deadline all the time. So it's almost just a part of things. You get to Brampton, and that was a team that was kind of on its way back up in the cycle and in no small part because of a guy named Wojtek Wolski. How many times did yeah. you find yourself just watching that guy? So much skill. It was crazy like I, I think it was not that year but the year after like I've never seen a guy one time the puck like this like he would he was just picking the inside like he'd one time it inside like under the bar all the time and it was just like automatic I think that was the year he came back from Colorado and it was just it, it was ridiculous he was just one of those guys that that level he could just dominate that year you end up uh in the playoffs against of all teams the belleville bulls how weird was that for you to line up against your former team in the playoffs well i remember loving it like to be honest <laughs> like, i think anyone would say when you're playing against your former team it's uh you have an, you have a chip on your shoulder there's no doubt about it especially when you're traded um yeah you want to go out there and show them you know they're wrong <laughs> that's really what it is so i know it was great i always like like playing belleville obviously playing against some like friends and all that, but uh, yeah, it's definitely always you want to get out on top and yeah, it was good to, yeah, it's always, it's good to beat them. <laughs> you were saying earlier how the, the toughest part when you're a bull is actually playing in the other rinks, those ones like Peterborough yeah. with those crazy square corners. What was it like going back into the yard? You're like, Hey, I got this. I, it's, this is cake for me. Well, I, I wouldn't say it was that easy for me ever, but <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, you definitely have more time, right? Like you, you definitely feel it, especially when you practice in other smaller rinks all the time, you're used to like more pressure on you all the time. So when you, anytime you go to bigger rink, you're going to, you get to the corner, you just, you just have that extra second. And so that's a, that's a nice transition. I'm sure like guys going to Belleville always found it probably easier. You have feel, obviously you have more space, but you feel like you have a lot more space. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's nice. It just occurred to me that Brampton, of course, is now gone too. Is there a Kyle Sonnenberg court curse out there we haven't thought about? Belleville's maybe, gone. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. <laughs> I don't know who else. Uh, I don't think there's anyone else that I went with from Belleville to Brampton. But uh, yeah, it's funny. I always say now to guys like, "Oh, where'd you?" They ask me like, "Oh, where'd you play junior?" And I say to them, and most of them still remember it being a like an OHL team. But there's a couple guys that you know, guys from the states or especially Europe, and they're like, they just haven't heard of the teams before, so. Yeah, it's sort of funny. When you look back on your OHL experience, Kyle, what what stands out to you from 
life as a major junior hockey player? Um, I, I, I guess like there's, it's sort of looking back now, it's sort of crazy the pressure that you feel when you're playing. Um, I understand it's like a, a big thing because you build it up that way, right? When you're like, especially coming from Kitchener, you see the Rangers all the time, you build that up from, I don't know, five years old, really. So it's such a big deal. And you think like everything matters so much looking back, it's sort of like, you know, you're only 17, 18. It's not the end of the world. Like what happens every night? So that's how I remember the big thing was like, um, like the pressure of every game. It felt like, you know, not life and death. I don't make it sound like that, but it just felt like a big deal. So um, that's probably one of the most memorable things. I guess that's not, doesn't sound the best, but you know, outside of it, I guess it was like relationships, like the hockey side of things. Like there's still a lot of guys from Belleville. Like, there's still stories from when we were like 16, 17 with guys that, you know, I remember from back then, like that's the stuff you really remember. That's the things that stand out. It wasn't so much the hockey side of things for the most part. Yeah. It, it flies by in the blink of an eye, but those friendships that you forge while playing, a lot of them stay with you for life, don't they? Yeah. That's, that's like, that's the biggest thing. And that's, um, you know, you hear guys say it all the time, but it's like that kind of stuff. It's not just, you know, especially like uh, when you go to like CIS and all that kind of stuff, when you start looking at that and you're with guys for four years, five years, and it's not the relationships you build like on the ice, but it's the stuff off. And then as you, it's funny when you look 10 years past that, it's those relationships that you're still looking like you're now you're even like the normal workforce or some guys are still in hockey. You still like relate back to those connections that you made and, uh, you know, work with each other. And it's like, almost like come back to like playing, I guess, but doing it in real life or in hockey still, but just different positions. Your career, Kyle, is the kind of career that I will often refer to for players that are coming through the Ontario Hockey League. But I always feel like the the old guy because, you know, you get a different perspective as you get a little bit older. I know, and it would have been the same when you were there. Of course, it's all about making the National Hockey League, right? But if you can't, you are a prime example that there's a nice career to be carved out in Europe. And still you took advantage of that opportunity to get your education beforehand. What made you make that choice? Um, well, I think like, like most guys probably at that age, like probably right now, there's a lot of like overage guys. And I was still like, I was pushing to go. That, that was my thought process. You had that your whole life is like, I'm going pro I'm playing the NHL. And really the, the reason it, stopped it was like either you go to play in the east coast or you go to school and it was just like a crossroad was like what am I gonna do and then I had some good people like even Stan Butler like he had said to me like it's like a really good route to go CIS and all that stuff so you had I had people like saying that to me already um if, if the other stuff like AHL wasn't an option you know like don't so um yeah it just sort of came up organically really like you, you either you pick one or the other and it just for me, it was like, do I want to play in the East Coast or am I going to go to school? And I made that decision a long time ago. It was going to be one or the other. If it was the AHL or school, I would have gone to the AHL. But that option wasn't there. So it was a pretty simple choice, really. It, and did you always know? Like, was there a part of you that worried, geez, if I, if I leave now, sure, I'll play some university hockey, but I may never get a chance again? Because, you know, four years older, that sort of thing. Did that ever enter your mind? 100%. I thought it was sort of done. To be perfectly honest, it was actually probably made things better. Like sort of what I was talking about before when I was in the OHL, you feel that pressure you have, you know, you're always pushing for the, for, for the NHL or NHL contract and all those different things. But um, when you go to CIS, it's just not like that. You know what I mean? Like you don't, when I went in, so I should, it's 
it's, it's different now. But when I went into it, it was just like, okay, this is it. I'm going to school. This is what I'm concentrating on. You should almost let that, you can let that all go and just like play. And I think that was a big reason why I don't want to say when I was playing the OHL, I, not that you didn't want to play anymore, but it became like, uh, um, just like too much in the OHL where you're just like the pressure. And then finally, when that's off, you can just enjoy things and really get back to like loving, just playing, you know what I mean? It doesn't really matter, you know, if you, um, score that night or whatever it was just about you know winning that game and enjoying yourself really i've often said that u sports the cis you were playing in it is an underrated league for hockey what was it like for you playing for the warriors it was awesome like um like when you talk about off the ice it's it's such a unique place because we have everything on campus like our, our rinks there everything's there so the guys we're always around each other and you build up like such close relationships. I keep going back to that, but it was like, you know, we had an alumni thing uh, last weekend and you have like half the team that you played with is all back. And it's just like you, you build such a connection. It's different in junior because guys are moving. Guys have different goals. When you're playing CIS, they have individual goals. I should say a lot of times OHL, which is, it, it makes sense. Obviously when you go to CIS, because there's, you know, a lot of times that's the end of the, you know, professional hockey road or like guys are going into real life and going to real like other careers and so guys really just it just matters about what the team does and for me that was such a, like a, like an interesting thing and it was like a relief almost where that was like the only focus was just winning a game so you know realistically you go and have fun that night that's what it was and it was uh it was it's just a unique thing because it's not about yourself and the individual it's just it's more about the team which is it's very it's very interesting because it's hard to come by because it's the motivation that's all the motivation is for guys to win waterloo is not the easiest school when it comes to academics how did you find the balance between school and hockey as a warrior well luckily i, I wasn't in one of the really hard programs like the engineering's or maths <laughs> so those guys it's, it's insane what those guys have to have to do in the balance um but it's a transition. Obviously, you're still like pretty busy, which is an, it's another one of those things in the OHL. You're almost like not doing that much. You still you we hear it from guys now that are coming from the OHL. It's almost it's nice to have things to do all the time. You're not sitting at home, you know, just go to breakfast club and you know whatever else you do. The rest, like play video games or you know you always have something going on. It almost helps your hockey because your mind is just free. It's like a it's like that release and uh, yeah. So it, it was it's a transition. Obviously, you start like with the time management and all that, getting used to all those things. But once you get in the sort of the rhythm of it, it's actually, I think it's a benefit. You did, I think, took a couple of courses, at least though at York while you were still in the O, didn't you? I took one, yeah, yeah. One, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, it was so, just my last year was sort of taking a course and then, uh, yeah, just to keep sort of busy, but right, nothing serious. So when you get to Waterloo and you start studying and playing hockey, were you planning a career path outside of hockey at that point? Yeah. So I started, I went into like the legal studies program at Waterloo. So my sort of generally puts you in like two directions. Like if you're going to head to law school or, you know, policing or something like that. So that was sort of my, uh, the route I was starting to head. And then, uh, yeah, that's what I was going to sort of do until probably my fourth year. Then I started to realize I really did want to go play pro again. So probably my, you know, end of my third, fourth year, I was, I, I became more focused again, trying to find something professionally and uh, go that route. But 
Um, yeah, if I hadn't, it was probably either try to get into law school or I was probably going to policing. That was sort of the plan. Okay, I want to talk obviously about that terrific pro career over in Germany. But another thing happened while you were at school, and I don't care what league you're playing in or where you're playing, when you get a chance to put on uh, a jersey that represents Team Canada, which you did at the World University Games, and you won a bronze, what does that medal mean to you? It was awesome. It's sort of funny when you look back. Like, I remember even at the time the coaches were saying, they just flat out said it. It was like, for most of like you guys, like it, it, how they're trying to like say how special it was. Like for most of you guys, like this is the only time you'd be able to wear the um, like uh, like a Team Canada jersey, and it did mean a lot to us. You know, we had a, another. It was a great group, and you know, we really you know came together to really like to to do well and try and win. Like um, I don't know how most people know how it works over there, but when I was playing there, you have like the Russian team. Really, that was the stack team however they go about doing things. Like, I don't know how many of them are actually in school and all that, but, <laughs> <laughs> and then, so we end up losing them in the semis, but um, no, it was a really cool experience. It was cool. Um, sort of wear the, wear the Canada jersey and do that. I still have it like framed in my house. It's uh, no, it's a really cool thing. What about the medal? Is it with the jersey? Yeah, my mom, my mom got a hold of the whole thing, made a little thing about it. So um, yeah, no, should we, obviously a big for me it was like a big uh point in my hockey career experience so uh yeah we uh framed it up a bit and did a little thing with it i think that's awesome so yeah. how did it end up happening that you go from cis with the waterloo warriors to pro in germany was the coast an, even an option at that point like how did you end up in germany um so it sort of happened like fairly early um again i go back like eric calder he uh like Brian Burke, he put me in contact with, I knew Calder a little bit, but he put me in like contact with Calder, Calder, like Eric Calder put me in contact with, I'm sure a lot of people like Larry Huris. He's a guy that's played a coach in Europe. He's from the area, but um, he coached in Swiss for a long time. And just, he put me in contact with an agent and then the agent, you know, started going to work and one thing leads to another. And then I, yeah, I had the I had a tryout in Germany, so I went there, and then I ended up making the team. So, and then yeah, I was there for a while. So it's it's one thing to to play in you know Kitchener Waterloo, and then be drafted to Belleville and go play OHL with the Bulls and Brampton in the GTA, et cetera. But then you're kind of back home, and all of a sudden, it's it's not the East Coast League, it's not the AHL. Like you're across the pond over in Europe. What was it like culturally? Was there any culture shock for you? Um, I wouldn't. The, the biggest thing is just your way especially coming from like university where like you're with a tight group all the time it I went there and it was I don't like you're sort of on your own a little bit like you obviously have the team and all that but you don't have that family support system um and, and it is a pro mentality more so right you start getting into um it matters how you do individually so then you know, you get those, I want to say selfishness at times, but you start getting that creep in, which is a big change for me from coming from CS where it was just all like sort of team-based, right? Um, so that was a bit of a change, but there's obviously, there's so many good guys in hockey. There's a lot of, you know, North American. So it makes it pretty easy. We had an older team that, you know, there was, you know, guys with wives and kids and stuff that were awesome to me, you know, always bring me over for whatever it was like Thanksgiving, your Christmases and all that stuff. So um, you don't have a huge culture shock other than, I guess, missing you know, family and all that kind of stuff. Cause you're over there for, there's no breaks. You're not coming back for Christmas. You know, you're gone for, you know, eight, nine months or so. What's the hockey like? 
it's good. It's really good. Um, obviously, like the DEL, um, like most of those, like the imports, I think you have like eight or nine, and most of those guys are all either like really high at East Coast or like NHL, like AHL type guys. You know, that's generally what it is. So you get it's a very high quality of hockey, and uh, the Germans, like as I, as the years went along, like the German side of things really picked up and like the quality of the Germans. So like, you know, when I first started, you maybe have three lines, your imports and maybe one good German line. But by the end of it, you could really see like the development of the German hockey. And then you had four like lines that could roll. You have like all your defense, but it was, so it's very good hockey. Compared to what you were doing in the Ontario hockey league and the CIS, I know with the OHL it's busing here, there and everywhere else. What What's travel like over in Europe? Um, so generally it's like, you always play like Friday, Sundays for the most part. And, uh, so it's just day before you always go, like say if you play Friday away, you leave Thursday and then most of it, like you have some close trips, but they still have like, you know, your seven, eight hour trips. So a lot of times you just go the day before play your game the next day, come back. So it, it, it's not too bad. Like there's maybe one or two teams where it's, you know, you get a 10 or 11 hour trip, but you always do it the day before. So it's really, it's pretty easy. There could be worse places in the world to spend, you know, almost a decade than Germany, eh? Oh, it's it was great. Like, it's really nice over in Europe just for, like, the life experience stuff. Like, in, like, November and February, you get, uh, like, national team breaks. So you'd always get, like, normally a week or so off around then so you could travel around, you know, you know, do all the sort of, like, the big things or whatever you really want to do. You know, you went to Prague or, you know, you go to Switzerland or England or wherever you want to go. It's always so – it's easy to get around and – you know, you have that opportunity. So that that was definitely like probably one of the big pluses of just being there. It's just all the life experiences you can get. I know it's hard to kind of, you know, make a, a, a general example for, because every, every player is an individual, but is it a path, Kyle, that you would recommend to another player if they realize, you know, maybe the NHL thing's not going to work out, school, Europe, et cetera, are options for me? I think it's an unbelievable path like there's a lot of guys that could use that extra couple of years of development um you know even when i was playing cs i don't think it was the same extent that it is now where guys you know you have like in waterloo like we have skill coaches we have like skills on top of practice you know three four days a week and you know you can keep developing and getting better like there's like an example like dan walker he was in the ohl i don't remember him probably had a certain role comes to Waterloo and just develop, 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 becomes one of the top like scores. And now he's signed in with like Tampa Bay system. So he's in there. So it's, and you see that all the time now with guys is that if you go to school and you like, you can do the academic stuff, but you could focus on continuing to get better and better and better. That option's still there when you're done. So um, I think it's great. You can, you can, you know, develop whatever it's physically, just like your skill set, all those different things. And you're still only, you know, 24 years old, especially I'm saying this to a lot of guys now, if you can, when you're in the OHL, not just, you know, spend your time playing video games and all that stuff. When you're done high school, like start taking a couple of courses, you can start knocking some stuff off and then you can be at school for, you know, three years or four, like if you want to stay for four years, you can get it, you can get it done fairly quickly, get better as a hockey player. And so when you're 24 years old, like 
go play pro, whether that's Europe or, you know, you see a lot of guys now even signing American league deals and going that route. So it's a great thing. I think for guys that, you know, rather than getting stuck in a, I don't want to say the East coast, cause I know it's a very good league, but if you're, if you're, if you're playing there and you, and, and, you're, and you're not getting all the opportunities and all the different kinds of stuff, it's just, there's so much more benefit in my opinion to, to going CIS and all that kind of stuff. And something tells me you're more likely to go back and play hockey later after school than come back after hockey and go to school when maybe you're you know, 35 or 36 years old. Yeah. And there's obviously that portion of it, right? Like I couldn't imagine now if I was finishing playing the, you know, you, you have a family, all those different things kind of change to go back, to go to school and do all like, it, it would be a lot, you know what I mean? So it's nice. And you, you get to do that, you know, while having a great time, like you, you build a lot of those bonds and the connections and all those different kinds of things. So there's just a ton of benefits to it. How did you know when it was time to hang them up? Um, well, for me, I, I, um, so I have like a seven month old. So that was one thing where, you know, uh, when we found out we were pregnant, it was sort of like, okay, it'd be nice to get back home with, with, with our, like their kid and stuff. And so that was a big thing for us to be around family and all those different kinds of things. And I think just naturally it's, uh, you start to see the end of the road and it's like, you know, it's time to move on. And then obviously for me, I was going to continue to keep playing, but then um, an opportunity with like back to Waterloo to be the, the coach there and so the assistant coach there um, came up. So then it sort of just made it a very seamless transition. It was really no thinking about it, to be honest. Did you ever consider that coaching might be the next step for you in hockey? Uh, yeah, for sure. Like, uh, I think the last like couple of years, when you start to think about what you want to do in the future, um, I'd started doing like a little more like skill stuff around the area, like in the summers and different things like that. So you start to realize you sort of like you like it. You don't. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do with hockey, or you know, like what portion of it, or how I would get in, and all those different things. Um, but you start to realize that you sort of like it. And like, you know, you, when you're watching video and stuff, you're doing a little, you're, you get a little more detailed than just, you know, watching a clip. Like you start watching your team clips and like doing a little more and you start like putting things in your head about, um, you know, what you would do. And you start like building all this kind of stuff. And then, yeah, you just sort of, as you progress, you start to realize you, you might want to be doing that. We talked earlier about how you, almost have to re-identify or sorry, uh, recreate yourself depending on the situation you're in and what's required of you to, to keep that job, what survival, whatever that might be. What, uh, what does Kyle Sonnenberg, the coach expect of the players that he sees with the Warriors this year? I think it's still developing. I'm still like learning my way a little bit. Um, but for me, it's like similar things, like just like habits, like Brian, like the head coach here has like, he, he's been here for a long time and built a lot of like habits and expectations already. So the things that I agree with, you know, just the hard work, you know, be a, a team guy, be accountable, like it within your system, then obviously be a good person off the ice. Like that's a huge thing in Waterloo and probably most CIS schools, like is to be a good person in the community, all those different things. So there's so many different things. Like it's just, you know, on the ice, you have your expectations there, but then off the ice, you know, you, like I had those same expectations that, you know, Brian sort of built and um, have the same expectations for the guys off the ice, right? Like all that kind of stuff. You mentioned Brian Burke earlier, not, not the Brian Burke that used to be a general manager for the Toronto Maple Leafs, but the head coach of the Waterloo <laughs> Warriors who obviously coached you, you must've left some kind of impression on him. 
yeah, it's sort of crazy how it goes. It sort of goes back to that whole, it's funny how things come full circle sometimes and uh, how everything works out. But yeah, we always stayed in contact a little bit. I would, in the summers, I would skate with the team and um, we always just sort of stayed in contact. So, you know, it was a couple of years prior to this year, actually, I think I had mentioned to him, like just getting ideas about, you know, what would you, what would you do to like, for my position to get into hockey and like the different things you want to do. So we've always sort of stayed in touch and sort of, yeah, I guess that connect, obviously that connection um, was a big factor in, you know, the job becoming available to me. I can just imagine though, Sonny, because you're just so recently removed from the game that you're out there running drills and you're like, no, stop it. I'll show you how this is done. And you know, the wheels must still be pretty good. Yeah. Sometimes you want to jump out there for sure. <laughs> it's funny. I was telling one of the guys the other day, I just like, you know, you get on the ice sometimes there's still like even on morning skate and just like, you know, snapping the puck around a little bit and different that you, I definitely, you know, you miss it a little bit, but no, it's great to work with those guys. I, I definitely don't want to, they're pretty good. Like, so a lot of these guys are pretty good. Sometimes it's like, you don't want to go out there and act like you're going to do it better all the time. But uh, yeah, no, the guys are great. And, uh, but it's definitely, you miss a little bit and it's nice to, you know, still move the puck around a little bit. How about that campus in the last 10 years though, or so they've made a lot of changes since you were there. It's insane. It is. Like the stuff. Yeah. Like um, I, I hadn't seen all of it to be honest, because I never really went on campus and probably like, 10 12 years obviously since i was finished and then uh like the on-campus portion is crazy they all the renovations they've added a ton made it like really nice and then the sports side of it like over by the rink and all that the, they built like a field house obviously the warrior field like for the football stuff but they made it like very nice like renovated all the gyms um it, it's it's an unbelievable facility now yeah, they've done so much on the athletic side and the campus keeps growing. Yeah. I, I went to the school too, but way before you. And I had to go back, like this is years ago, for yeah. a meeting for some event I was helping out with. I, I got lost. Like I could, I had to call the person. Yeah. I'm like, I'm standing by this building. Can you come and find me? Because it was so embarrassing, but. <laughs> oh, it's true. We went on, like we brought, there's a recruit here and then we just went on a drive and I was like, Brian, I don't even remember this place. Like drive, like if you know Waterloo, like there's that ring road, like the main area, but obviously that's time, but once you drive in a little bit there, you start walking. It's a completely new campus. Yeah. That's exactly the experience I had. Okay. I wanted to read something to you and get your thoughts on it. Uh, Kyle Sonnenberg graduated from the university of Waterloo as one of the greatest defensemen in the history of the men's hockey program. What do you say to that? Yeah, someone said some nice stuff, I guess. <laughs> no, I was, yeah, it, Waterloo was a, it was a great time for me, like on the ice. But um, really, a lot of that was just the off day, and that's what I remember. Honestly, it's like things went pretty well for me individually, but you know, all the connections and all those different things that you know, all most of like my really good friends now that we stay in touch like all the time is you know from that time. So that's really the stuff that matters to me. It's not the on ice stuff. Does it feel a little bit surreal still to kind of have? it's almost full circle at this point from playing with the warriors to going over and pursuing your pro career. Now coming back as a coach, not to mention, didn't you start out with a little tournament in Germany? <laughs> well, I, I actually couldn't, I didn't go on the trip to Germany. Okay. That would have been, that would have been really, uh, <laughs> really uh, yeah, coming full circle, but uh, no, it, it's definitely cool. It's sort of funny. Like when I left and I came back it's really like almost like I feel like a student again because most there's so many the same people that were there when I was there 12 years ago 13 years ago different positions different things like that but it's just yeah it just feels like home if you want to say something like that it's uh 
it's definitely, it's definitely a neat, neat feeling. And it's, you know, I'm very fortunate. Because you're still in the game now after finishing your pro playing career, coming in on the coaching side. I mean, I know you're just getting there here with the Warriors, but have, have you thought that maybe this is the way that you stay in the game? Do you think you want to stay in sports as a career, particularly hockey, obviously? Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's the plan. Like I, 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 I told Brian when I came in, it wasn't just like a, like a one or two, this is what I want to do. So, um, you know, it's a great experience. Like there's a lot of like, it's sort of nice at this level. There's so many, different jobs that you're not, there's so much responsibility and different things. So it's nice to get thrown into that and just, you know, sort of sink or swim type thing, but uh, no, it's great. That's what I wanted. And uh, you know, it's nice to be in a place I'm comfortable with, but you can start developing and uh, you know, becoming the best coach now that you can be. How much would you say your experience in the Ontario hockey league kind of set the foundation for you both professionally and now as a coach? Well, it was like everything really, right? Like that's where you start to get your base for, you know, how the game should be played. Like not before that, but it's more minor hockey stuff, right? There's not a whole lot being taught. So you get the whole, and that's when you start like as a, you know, I started, that's when you start like thinking about, you know, do I like this or not like this? Um, as a, you're thinking about as a player at the time, but as you know, now when I look at it, it's like, did I like how a coach was, how treated this situation or that situation, like, you know, both like how they talk, like at, at like personal level and then like system wise. So it all sort of started at that, you know, point in time. And then, uh, yeah. So it's obviously, a, it's a massive uh, part of your life and, you know, the building blocks for everything that goes after that. You know, there's going to be a commissioner's opening in the Ontario hockey league at the end of this year, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I heard, <laughs> I know I did see Grant was leaving, but uh, no, it'll be interesting. He's been there a long, long time. Um, so that's, uh, no, good for him. He did obviously did a really good job with the OHL. The things built up really nicely. So, uh, no, it's awesome. Do you take, uh, do you take pieces from coaches that you played for that you might bring into your own approach to coaching? Yeah, for sure. I think like cookie cutter answers, most people would say, yeah. And like, you know, you take your, um, things you like and you don't like, um, then obviously, you know, you add on the different things and then. I know that everyone always says it's like a copycat league. So you take things from now that you watch like NHL and you just keep adding that to what, how you think the game should be played, like with individuals and, uh, you know, team concept and all those different things. So yeah, for sure. You obviously, you take a little bit from everything good and bad and uh, just keep building ways you think it should be. I know you're still a relatively young guy and just starting out in this coaching part of your career, but when you look back on everything, even though it didn't end up in the national hockey league, like did things work out the way that you'd hoped in the game to this point? Yeah. Like, you know, obviously the NHL that's forever, like the, the push from everyone, but you know, now it's a lot more perspective now with the family and all that you look back and you, you sort of see all the different things you were able to accomplish and the experiences you had and relationships you built. So, um, you know, it's, I can't, I have no complaints about how everything went and, you know, where things are at and I couldn't be excited for, couldn't be more excited for, you know, the future. Well, it's been really fun getting the chance to catch up with you. It's nice to see a local boy come back home. And uh, best of luck with the Warriors this year. I really appreciate you making time for this. Thanks a lot, Mike. Appreciate it. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. 
Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.